welcome to another episode of Opinions, where each week we chat about what's been going on in the industry, share our opinions, and of course, drink some beer. Um, we were just chatting before the show, mate. Uh, we've not really got much to talk about, have we, in terms of what we've drunk this last week? No, in terms of beer, bugger all. Really, for me. Uh, yeah, pretty much the same for me. Uh, two things of note. Um, one, I did uh, an interesting semi-walking pub tour around some lesser-known pubs in Leeds last week. Um, and that was with Gaz from the Tap Lens podcast. And that's all I'm going to say uh, about that for now, because... Uh, that episode will be coming out as part of his season two uh, of the Tap Lens podcast. So uh, keep your ears out for that one. Um, and the other thing was uh, I went to a Thornbridge tap takeover uh, while I was in Leeds as, as well and, and, and tried a few Thornbridge beers that I had before. So nothing really to, to, to shout about. Really. Yeah, I said I've had beer. But I've just got nothing to tell anyone else about. Have we been in a bit of a post-indie man slump, do you think? I think that's, that's probably it. <laughs> uh, whatever I tried just wasn't living up to it. <laughs> Absolutely. I think sometimes you, you can be a little bit guilty of that, can't you? After having a, having a really good time and then all of a sudden you've got you've got nothing to follow up. Yeah. Um, shall, shall we just crack on then to uh, to, to the news? I think and, that's a great and, idea. And chat about that. Shall, we, um, shall we open a beer first? Yeah. Um, so we're doing a we're doing a couple of beers this week, and I'm not going to reveal what they both are just yet, um, because that's that's going to form part of tonight's discussion. Um, so as you would have heard, I've just opened a can for for our first beer. Um, we'll share what this one is. This is uh, we're starting off this week with Adnam's Dry Hopped Lager. So um, this comes in three thirty ml can, now available from Tesco's. For 169 of your well-earned pennies. Or 169 cents from euros. <laughs> on a basic one-to-one conversion <laughs> yeah, at the moment. Absolutely. absolutely. So, um, cheers, mate. Cheers. Well, that's that's quite light, isn't it? Yeah. Light and refreshing. Yeah. There's, there's a few light flavours banging around in it, but it's... It, it's, it's it's nothing to write home about really in terms of what's going on in there it's just a nice a nice easy lager to to start the procedure yeah not off. too not too gassy not too fizzy i i do prefer it on keg though okay i've um this is only my second time trying it i've never tried it on keg um because i tried it when it was available in the bottle and i didn't really enjoy it in in the bottle i didn't think it worked so as, as a result of that i've always kind of avoided drinking it again so um, this might make me go back and, and try a pint of it actually okay yeah you should do I mean the, the local the local Adams pubs to me in culture so all have it on keg and, and I, I enjoy it most spoons now as well I, I think oh, do they? a lot of spoons I've oh, okay. recently have got it on keg as well certainly one at the Hamilton Hall at Liverpool Street it's on, it's on keg oh, I haven't noticed it in, in, in there um, okay anyway let's 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 crack, crack into the news so because we've got quite a bit of news to get through this week and I know we've both got um, some some actual opinions on some of the news as, yep. as well this week so, so first one um, we're, we're going stateside for, for the first part of this week's news so first uh, news this week was about Stone Brewing Co um, issuing an official statement uh, on layoffs that they've made to, to their business um, so they've had to um, lay off about 5% of their team members um, who were all offered substantial notice and career transition services. Um, but they then go on to cite in their press release that 
the onset of greater pressures from big beer as a result of their acquisition strategies and the further proliferation of small hyper local breweries has slowed growth um, and but they do go to some lengths to reiterate on a number of occasions during this release that stone remains one of the largest if not the largest employers in the craft brewing segment now um, I know when we was talking about this earlier, you've you've got some views on that one, Mike. Yeah, I found it a, a strange press release. I mean, obviously working in the banking industry, which is what I do. Uh, listeners, don't hold that against me, please. Um, As our listenership drops <laughs> yeah. right off. Sorry about that. You did tell me not to mention. But um, obviously, obviously, I see a lot of these sort of press releases now, both within my own company and outside of it. And it was a strange way of wording it. It was like they were trying to really balance up between justification for doing it and still trying to please people who perhaps I don't know investors um, I, I wasn't aware until recently they did have quite a bit of private equity investors behind them and also trying to keep that feel-good craft factor that we all have we have a certain amount of love for our favorite craft breweries and especially for one as well established as, as stone um, so I found the release a bit strange and also the bit the comment about um, substantial notice and transition training um, quite frankly I don't know if it matters how much notice you get when you're going to be made redundant yeah <laughs> I mean uh, you, you're still being made redundant um, I think you know obviously the laws are different in the states as well uh, with redundancy packages because I you know for a lot of companies you will get a trans some form of transition training anyway it'll be almost like a standard over here for a lot of companies so and the notice period Again, depending on what sort of industry you work in, for some people in the banking industry, you're told you're made redundant at nine o'clock, you've left the building by five past nine. So I, I found a lot of the wording a bit odd, but it'd be interesting to see what sort of um, feedback they get. I did see a few bits on Twitter and there was a few comments being made. So I imagine they'll weather the storm and people will still buy um, stone beer, to be honest. Should they have expanded, do you think? Should they have expanded to Europe? Well, maybe could, could that be a factor in this? Well, you know, but again, if you're looking at it as a business, if they've expanded, then presumably there was a business case for doing it, whether they're expanding internally in the States or externally in Europe, where they've opened up in Berlin. Then that, there must have been a, back, a plan. And that plan shouldn't have had such a fine margin on it that big beer, I mean, they've been around for over 20 years now, so it's not as if they haven't come across big beer before, in the States especially. I mean, there isn't anyone bigger than the big beer in the States. So, and then to you're then so throwing a bit about your your very local breweries as well. It's like, well, you're blaming startups, which is what you were once as well. It's, yeah. It was just like I said, the wording was just really strange. It felt like it was a bit rushed, and perhaps wasn't put out. Maybe not put out by the right people. Potentially, it's strange is where I'm going to be at on that one at the moment. Okay, well, let's let's look at some news from a, a, another. US uh, brewery this week. So this one's coming from the 12th largest craft brewery in the States, Brooklyn. Who we're, we're very specific on our numbers tonight, aren't we? We, we, we are, <laughs> yeah. But again, that's that's from the press release. Yeah. Um, it was part of the press release that I highlighted because I don't know why they would want to go to lengths to highlight that they were the 12th biggest craft brewery okay. in, in, in the States. Who are the other 11? Well, Stone, <laughs> um, Sierra Nevada. <laughs> Yeah, answers on a postcard <laughs> or, or, or on a tweet. Yeah, on a uh, tweet, I've always shown her age yeah. um, But this was the news that um, they've sold uh, a minority stake uh, of the business to 
uh, Japanese Kirin. Um, so they've sold 24.5% of Again, their Again, that's a rather specific number. Is there any reason for only the 24.5%? <laughs> I think we all know what that reason is. Um, because it keeps them under the threshold of um, 25%, which um, means they can remain, they can retain their craft status as part of the US Brewers Association um, because they've only sold 24.5%. Um, they cite in the press release that it's going to give them new distribution channels abroad um, and the, the standard sort of things that you now expect to see from these uh, press releases. Interestingly, um, again, within minutes, BrewDog were having an opinion on on this. Um, I did see BrewDog's opinion about it. Well, I can't say I've seen much Brooklyn sold in, in BrewDog bars I've been into. I, I, I can't, no. I mean, Brooklyn feels like it's become a very mainstream Very mainstream, especially with the Brooklyn lager. Yeah. I mean, that yeah. feels fairly very mainstream so these days. no real surprise there then. No, really. no. Again, press release with all those very specific numbers. Again, the 24.5% justifying under the 25% of craft. Say they're the twelfth largest. That was a, an odd one to say. Um, you, you would, if you were in the top ten, you'd say top ten, maybe you know top twenty. Twelve is a very specific number to use as an example in your press on, release. On, on, on the theme of numbers, going to our third <laughs> stateside uh, news release this week. So uh, this one's from Sierra Nevada, who in their press release talk about there being nearly five thousand craft breweries in the United States. Um, they are releasing two new beers um, in quarter one of next year. So first one is uh, Sidecar Orange Parallel, uh, which is perfect complement Sierra Sierra Nevada Parallel, made with orange peel and bold citrus heavy hops, uh, 35 ABUs and 5.3%. And the other one, which is probably more exciting to me in particular, is the Tropical Torpedo IPA. Um, so using the hop torpedo, they're able to control how much hop aroma is infused into the beers. Uh, Tropical Torpedo IPA um, is going to feature no additional fruits um, and it's all going to be from the extracts of the hops. Uh, coming in at 6.7% ABV and 55 IBUs. Um, I'm just wondering if we'll see either of those beers in the UK in any state that you would want to drink them in that's that's my only concern yeah that, I mean I'd love to try both of them to be honest yeah I would but whether like you say whether we'll get them as they're intended to be is another matter yeah the tropical torpedo sounds sounds amazing I quite like the sound of the orange pale ale okay yeah so yeah I, I would love to try them um Let's come a little bit closer to home for, for the for the next couple of bits of news. So uh, this week, uh, Northern Monk announced uh, what they're calling the Trilogy, um, which seems to be a series of beers that they've brewed with a series of collaborations with breweries from around the world, uh, each focusing on a different ingredient uh, of the beer. So the first one uh, was brewed with Epic from New Zealand, and the focus is on hops. Um, Epic obviously are very well known for making massively hot beers in, in New Zealand. That will be an IPA, uh, unsurprisingly. If you're going to throw hops at something, you're probably going to get an IPA at the other end of it. They've also done one with Demolan, uh, where the focus will be on the malt, and that will be an Imperial Porter. And they've also, the third one they've done is with Cigar City, uh, brewing from uh, Tampa in the States and the focus there is on the yeast and that will be a Belgian triple. 
that they're brewing. So um, no other details at the moment about how they might be available, what sort of packaging they're gonna be in, when they're gonna be available, but that's certainly one to keep your eye out for. They all sound like they're gonna be big beers though. They do all sound like they're gonna be big beers. Imperial Porter, that's yeah. gonna be what, eight, nine percent. India Pale Ale, they're probably gonna push that to, to the upper limits and, and then a triple. Yeah, that's going to be that's going to be that's going to be up, yeah. up, up upwardly mobile on the single numbers easily. Yeah, um, and then the other news this week uh, coming from Cloudwater um, about exciting news possibly around their future double IPA releases. So they've announced that they'll be uh, releasing double IPAs, a new double IPA every month now on the first Saturday of of the month. Uh, they'll be releasing new double IPAs and within the um, within the blog they also spoke about how they were going to be using Ebria to ensure they get get the beers to people brewery fresh as as well so this means we're going to be seeing lots more V's on cloud water bottles uh, will this be the, will this be the bottles and, or the cans or will you have a choice I, I think uh, I think they're going to be moving to canning exclusively on them um, and I think it will be 440ml cans, so it means you're getting a bit more for for, for your money. Um, but obviously that's probably going to come at a premium as well, because you're going to have to pay a little bit more yeah, exactly. as, as well. Um, but I suppose that's only one that we can really keep our eye on. Yeah, so what do you think? Um, I'm The jury's out for me on it. I'm... I've got to admit, I'm becoming a little bit tired with their endless releasing of double IPAs. Um, while I love the style, um, I'm also a big fan of being able to go back to a beer and enjoy it time and time again. Um, with it constantly changing, I'm not sure how, how I feel about it at, at the moment. Yeah, I, again, like I said, it's a little bit of a wait and see, but once a month... It almost sounds a bit marketing gimmicky at first first listening to it. As I say, I think only time will tell, and I, and I think I, I'm, I'm going to put this out there now. I, I think within the next couple of weeks, we will see an offer emerge from Ebria that's almost like uh, the Dipper Club or, or something like that, where you can buy a 12-month subscription and be guaranteed to get four cans or bottles or whatever of the new release once a month for a certain price I, I think that I think that will come as part of this yeah I, I, I think you could possibly be right I mean I've obviously gone exclusive with Ibria Ibria do a very good job of getting the beers out I can't deny oh, that oh absolutely yeah, um, yeah. you know they, they do get them out very quickly I've had some very good experiences with Ibria I'm just not sure about this once a month bit well, like I say, only time will tell, yeah. and if you know if there's a dip in quality, or sure. but you know, it enables them to stick to their guns in terms of releasing beers that are seasonally fresh. True, but yeah, there's only four seasons. There, there, there is, <laughs> and, and how much of that is going to change? Yeah, um, and they tend to combine the seasons: summer, yeah. spring, and summer, and winter and autumn. Anyway, so you know, once a month, that means we've got twelve seasons all of a sudden. I, I think, I think we'll come back to this one. Yeah. at some point actually and, and revisit it and after a few months maybe and, and then give it some thoughts at, at that point okay you buy them we'll taste them <laughs> I'm not, not sure whether <laughs> that's what I just agreed to um, and then the final uh, news story of this week um, very much takes us into this opinions 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 
opinions. So, um, Hofmeister are going to make a craft beer comeback. So, for those um, that are possibly um, as old as Martin and I, and maybe remember or have parents <laughs> that, that, re- that remember this, um, Hofmeister was uh, 3.2% ABV lager. Uh, produced by Scottish Courage in the 1980s. Uh, it was produced right up until 2003, which, really? I, which I found quite a surprise. Oh, I, if you told me, I probably would have guessed early 90s it died. Yeah. Um, I don't think I can ever remember drinking it. If it was if it was during the 80s, I was literally just in my early teens in, in the 80s. So it uh, would probably explain why. Um, but it was a brand that was successful largely due to the advert, the advert and the mascot of George the Bear. Follow the um, Bear. Follow the Bear, yeah. Um, but all the history to one side, um, following, uh, obviously, it not being around for, what, 13 years now, um, the brand is coming back. Um, it's it's, inter- interestingly put there Steve the brand is coming the, back the brand is coming back it's coming back as a 5% ABV Hell's Lager that's going to be made in Bavaria by a fourth generation family owned brewery nestled on the edge of the Erbersberger Forest the brand to, to just focus on that again for a second is now owned by a group of independent UK entrepreneurs um, and they're going to be working with Marsden's PLC uh, and 330 mil bottles and five, 50 litre key kegs will be available in bars nationwide from November 2016. So uh, the bear is back. Um, but not as it was. But not as it was. But it's oh, a sorry, completely I mean, different it's beer. It's a different beer. Yeah. I mean, I can't remember whether I had it or not. I remember the advert. I remember us selling it in the off licence. Whether I tried it in the late 80s when I did start drinking the pubs, I honestly can't remember. Um, it's not one which I particularly sticks out in my mind, but I remember the advert. And I know it was a lager, and I knew, it, I, in back of my mind, I knew it was under 5%. So if it's coming back as a Hell's Lager at 5%, then it's a different beer. They're it not is, bringing back the same beer, no, they're bringing no, back a brand. They're, they're bringing back a brand, they're putting that brand on a different beer. Yes, it might be 13 years between the last time we saw a can of Hofmeister and the, the new version, but as, as you rightly say, it's essentially a completely different beer. Yeah. Um, so that fueled this week's um, poll, um, which I have to say, wasn't the most popular poll that we've ever run, um, possibly because, um, as uh, Bob the Beer at Bob the Beer suggested, the the poll might be showing an age bias. On, it, on it, it was. Uh, we, we I had to admit I didn't really think about it, but then when I saw that, I had to admit if you were under thirty five, there's a good chance you didn't know you've, what you've the hell not, we're on yeah. about. Especially the, the the wording I used as well was uh, so Hofmeister is coming back as craft. Are you going to try it? And what other beers would you like to see make a comeback? Um, and then the three options were follow the bear, get out of town, or what the fuck is Hofmeister? Um, one hundred thirty five votes. Thirty eight percent of people went for what the fuck is Hofmeister. <laughs> um, so I think that probably just just goes to show it. But on on the second point, what I was trying to encourage to get out of people is. Which other beers would you like to see make a comeback? So, and this is where we got some of the good comments th- this week. So, um, uh, Nate Southwood uh, at Nate Dog Twenty Seven wants to see Grain Brewery bring their Rye Pal back. Uh, Sheffield Pubs at Pub Sheffield, um, Tenant Brothers Queens Owl. I mean, a lot of these mean nothing to me. I have to admit. 
Um, ben Bro Brogdon, uh, Ben underscore BRG, Dark Star Over the Moon or Bateman's Dark Mild. Um, at Lugsy51, Original Strength Lowenbrow or Looney Brew, as, as we used to call it. Uh, Andy Parker said Flowers Best Bitter. Um, and quite a few people suggested this next one as well. So, um, Grandad Greg at Greg1954, uh, Bodies the original body, Bodies recipe before Whitbread got their hands on it. Um, Gammon Baron wants to see Cask Punk come back. Well, you know, we've got Cask uh, Dead <laughs> Pony Club now, so <laughs> never say never on that one. Uh, Miles Lambert um, wants to see the original 1927 recipe of Newcastle Brown Ale. Um, somebody had to throw it in there. Might be too soon for this one, but Phil Kite at the Great Cubbyo. Uh, has anyone said Dobber yet? Um, <laughs> and then um, I suppose to finish the, 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 the comments this week, Justin Mason at 1970s boy, it wasn't good the first time round, so don't see why this should be. It's an odd choice. What next? Double Diamond or John Ball Bitter? So so that's that's what Twitter was thinking. Um, we've obviously already shared our thoughts a little bit on the brand coming back. Um, are there any beers that you've had that you that, that have since been retired that you'd want to see brewed again yeah and i think this comes down to i think um someone rob rob from hopscene said uh, in the states they do like uh nostalgia beers yes yeah i saw and that i don't really know much about it so i might have to have a little bit of a look at that if um if i if i if i need to unless rob's going to send me a link about it which would be really handy um but from my my initial first drinking experience in pubs regularly with mates uh, was in Tolly Cobble pubs in Ipswich. And I didn't drink real ale in those days. And I was diving in on a beer called Hansa, which was about a pound a pint. Very golden, very fizzy, very cold. Um, and if we were feeling like, you know, this was going to be a good night, we might step up to the Hansa export. You know, which we, we, was in our heads. We were, go, we were a bit harder then. Drinking well, the hands were those the in the days of when export beer actually meant it was a good couple of percentages higher yeah. than the oh, original yeah. beer? Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, we, were, we, were, we, we were probably on 5% by that point. Yeah. So we were sessionable as it is now. <laughs> and we were 5% yeah, then. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I, would, I, would, I wouldn't expect much hope of actually knowing what it tasted like or if it was actually any good. But I wouldn't mind just uh, with my palate now knowing what it was like. Um, another one I used to drink with my mates, um, especially if we ended up particular well, I think it was Hollywoods we ended up in in, in Ipswich, was the uh, Carlsberg Elephant, the one with the white neck, uh, which was 7.5% if I remember correctly. Uh, I thought that had died, but I did have a little look and it's, that is still around, it's just a bit, it has a, had a bit of a rebranding. Yeah. Um, but for me, it'd probably be, um, it'd be a Watney's. Watney's get two hits for me. One, the Party 7, because we used to sell it in the shop, and I was always amazed at these big cans. And also, I couldn't work out how you opened them <laughs> either. As a, as a kid stacking the shelves with these, I had no idea how you could open these cans. So, so, so again, answers on the tweet. If anybody's yeah. got any experience of uh, a Party 7, please let Martin know how you actually get into one of yeah. those. And um, the other one would be Watney's Red Barrel. Because uh, being a, a long-time member of Camera, Watney's Red Barrel is held up as the, the evil the evil person, the evil uh, company, the evil beer, that set camera on its way, I'd just be curious to know what it did taste like, if I'm being honest. Yeah, and a few people said that as well, because I think it's, it's one of those things that's constantly referred to um, in 
in, in, in blogs and literature, you, you know, that seems to be the point at which um, things started to go wrong. Yeah. Uh, if I was, if I, if I had, a, if if one of these entrepreneurs who own the Hofmeister brand own other ones, then what needs with the amount of mentions it get is almost a bit of a freebie. It's it's got to be, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I think I think for me, there's only really I I and I've spent a good few days thinking about this as well, and I can only really think of one beer that I'd really like to see come back again, and and that was a beer for me that when when I first started really getting into my beers again a few years back um adnams used to produce a beer called east green which was uh it was billed as a carbon neutral beer um i think it was released at around the time they released their new bottles that were more uh eco-friendly and and the, the beer had been brewed in such a way to keep carbon levels down but it was just a really drinkable um four point something percent palau and i i remember really enjoying it um in hindsight, I do wonder whether it was a bit of a predecessor for Ghost Ship, though, um, because obviously it's, it's now disappeared and there doesn't ever seem to be any intention of bringing that one back and Ghost Ship being as popular as it is now. Yeah, it'd be hard to see where it'd fit in now, wouldn't it? It, it wouldn't It wouldn't fit into the range at, at all now. Um, but it's, I suppose that's, for me, it's just one of those beers that has got a real soft spot in my in my heart that I just really enjoyed drinking. Yeah, any any curiosity beers though from the past? I mean, I, I, I like Miles' point about how, trying the, you know, the 1927 version of Newcastle Brown Ale. And for maybe, I'd like to taste Guinness as it was supposed to be, not as like the XXX version, which came out, which they said was in the 70s. If that was the version in the 70s, then oh goodness knows how it survived till now. Yeah, um, I would probably be with you on that one. I'd like to try the original Guinness. I think you can get close to that with the foreign exports. Yeah, I'd agree. in my head, that's yeah what it was like. Um, and I, and I actually, I think I'd I'd go with Miles a little bit as well. I wouldn't mind trying the original New, Newcastle Brown Ale yeah. to see whether it was whether it was any good. I think for me as well, Tetley's on cask. That was one of the first cask regular beers I had when mm. I was part of the pub quiz team, and the pubs had Tetley's cask. And I did fall in love with Tetley's cask. Yeah. And to see what it is now is just a travesty. A bit, like, bo- bit like bodies, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, and I can I, I can actually still remember drinking uh, bodies uh, a good few years ago, and it it's still tasting good. And actually trying it now, and it does taste very very different to what it tasted even just a few years ago. That seems to be a recipe that's constantly changing. Yeah, yeah, not 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 the same beer by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah. So if if we if we go back to talking about this this actual for all intents and purposes what is a branding exercise yeah. they've they've they bought a brand they're going to put it on a new beer and and they're hoping that that might trigger some nostalgia in in, in people um, does kind of bring us on to to the two beers that we've we've chosen to drink tonight cause yeah because I, I think they are examples of um, when branding goes right sort of thing so the first one that, that, that we tried earlier on was the the Adnams dry hop lager um, which we both drained very very quickly yep. without too much of a passing comment because it's very very drinkable now comes in in, in a lovely little can um, but we often cite Adnams as being one of the the, the big breweries in the UK that have, have got the craft yeah for, for want of a better phrase arm of their stuff right and they've got the branding right with it definitely they've now they've nailed it on both sides i mean that's that when i did my golden pints last year for the first time um adam's got my brewery of the year on that reason alone 
Yeah. Because their cast range, I think, is up there with the best and is truly consistent most of the time. And the Jack brand, um, while they haven't gone for your massive West Coast lip-smacking, puckering up of hops, all of the beers that have been brought out are in contrast to their cask range. Yeah, absolutely. Probably the most, on the cask range, you could probably say Ghost Ship is probably one which, if it was a brand new brewery, they could have labelled as a craft beer. Mm-hmm. Um, but on the actual, you know, the beers, the Mosaic, single hop, you know, not many not many cask brewers have nailed their single hop varieties in the established world. The Dry Hop Lager, I mean, it's, it is a really drinkable lager, like I said, I prefer it on cake. And the other ones they brought out. So yeah, I, I would say Adnams have got both, both feet both in the camp yeah and I think some of them have been historical brewers as well yeah. they've gone back into their that their brewing books and they've rebrewed again but for me what, what was interesting about it was when they first launched it they tried to launch it as a separate brand they tried to launch it as Jack brand yeah um, and it was interesting that within about six months they had pulled that back and it, it still features on on the the, the labeling, yeah, and and that does go way way back to their early days. Of, well, that's that's on the side of the uh, brewery wall, yeah. isn't it, in Southwold as well, yeah. the Jack brand. Um, but the way that they pulled it back into their core brand, uh, I think they've done it really, really yeah. well. And they're not trying to pretend that it's anything else. It's just different beer that they brew for 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 a different market. Yeah, and you know we've had we've had rebranding, and we've had you know I think I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. With some of the Green King beers that got rebranded from their 500 milliliter bottles down to their crafty 330s. Yeah. Um, you know, that's that's just the rebranding exercise. That's just marketing, that's advertising. It's no new beers. Mm-hmm. Um, even some of the beers which I think they did uh, for Tesco under their Metropolis label. Again, were they brand new beers? There was a lot of similarities with some of the rubber beers. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I, I think Adams, again, the marketing is nice. It feels modern. They're... they're um, Jack Brand range, but it's modern, but with a, somehow still managing to have a traditional twist in it. Yeah, absolutely, and I think that's what they do really, really well. Um, and that brings us on to, to the second beer that, that we're going to drink this evening. So, um, as, as part of this kind of branding discussion, I thought it would be interesting to dig into a bottle of Pilsner Urquell. Okay, I'm always up so, for that. Cheers. Cheers. Could probably pretty much drain that if I. <laughs> it's really tasty, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, you always get a bit more of a malt feel with the pilsner. There's a lovely malt feel to yeah. it, isn't there? And it's it's uh, it's such a well balanced finish as well. Uh, it's lovely malt and biscuits coming through on the end. There's a little bit of lemon in there yeah. for for me, and it just finishes so so clean as well. Yeah, and again, it keeps a nice thin head, but it, it's not gassy, and and that's one of the things about. When you ha- when you do have the pilsner in the in the pubs, it's not gassy. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I love a, a fresh pilsner O'Kell from a tank, um, which they're getting out to a lot of places. It's in the Nicholson's pubs as well now. Is it? Yeah. That's and yeah. and I think the uh, one the one two hundred meters from my office. Marvelous. <laughs> new new lunchtime hall for you then, and and I think for, for me that's that's where the, it, it comes back to this kind of branding thing because pilsner O'Kell are owned by SAB Miller, who are about to become part of AAB InBev. Yep. But they are still loved and revered by yep. many, many beer drinkers, ourselves in, included. Yep. And I know that a lot of people have said that, you know, SAB Miller have looked after the brand 
interesting words, yeah. very, very well since since they've had it. But I do think, I, I'd, I'd go one step further than that and actually say what they've done with the brand in, in a time where we, we've seen so much more variety in beer becoming available, different styles of beer, craft beer booming, if, if you want to use that phrase. They've managed to keep Pilsner and Raquel in people's consciousness. Yeah, I think they've done it really well, actually. Yeah. Um, and also by making it feel that you are drinking something that has been around a while. And although, I guess not everyone would know that it's owned by Sad Miller and might even care even less that it's owned by Sad Miller. But it's, it, again, if I go into a pub and I'm a bit more limited on choice, it could be one of the, the bars near me and work in the city, then Pilsner would be one I'd go for because it's not just going to be a cold, gassy, fizzy mm-hmm. lager. I'd go for it. And I, I, think I think they've done really well. And the whole tank fresh it's been it's, brilliant it's genius isn't it because it, there's there's a there's a bit of theater about that yeah. as well i mean uh, it looks lovely those the brass tanks yeah you, you walk into anywhere and there's especially if you're into one of the draft houses yeah. there's big signs up telling you how how old the beer is as well and when it was when it was tapped and when it arrived and you, you know it's it is and, and those brass tanks are beautiful yeah. and the, the way it pours and the glasses and yeah. everything about it for me it's a real example of somebody that's taken a brand not tried to be clever with it not tried to do anything different with it um and just literally said you know what we're actually going to take this back to its heritage we're going to tell that story and you know they've they've employed people to tell that story they've employed a lot of well-known bloggers to 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 go out to yeah we know a few have been out there and they've come back raving about it and written some really well well put together articles as well yeah, um, it looks lovely, and also they've done the one that they've done it where they've had the beer out the wooden barrel as well. Yes, they've yeah. done that. They've yeah. gone around doing releases of that. Um, I I think it's they've done what what I think Sad Miller have done, and, and the people who work for them is they've enhanced what they've got. Um, for me, I'm not noticing that the beer is any different. If it's been tweaked, it's bypassed me. Unlike some other beers, which the big brands have taken over, which have been well spoken about at times on Twitter and in blogs where people have said this really isn't the same beer anymore I'm not, I've am i never really sensed that with, with Pilsner Urquell there seems to be a real a real real love for it there in is. the beer world yeah. and then when if you take a step outside of the beer world which we exist in if I had Pilsner Urquell and offered someone Pilsner Urquell I don't think someone would say oh Martin's been all craft on me no. it's a brand they know yeah, I, 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 you can be in both sides with this one. You can, and it's 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 a really enjoyable beer. And I think, um, in summary, um, I, I think I, I, I don't imagine for a minute that the entrepreneurs that own the brand Hofmeister will be listening to what we're saying. But if if you want to play around with a brand, just look after it and and do something that's that's worthy of that brand. Because for me, this is. This is the epitome of that. It's Pilsner Urquell is, you, you know, uh, uh, big beer owns this, but they've looked after it and, and they've managed to still make it revered in, in, in the beer community. Yeah, and if you think that your beer is going to be good enough, then you don't need to bring an old um, an old beer out of retirement, as in its brand name. Yeah, I mean, just going back to that original, if, if there's a fourth generation Bavarian brewery brewing beer... 
why can't we just have their name on the label? Yeah. Why, why do we need to bring back George? Have the, the, have the name of the forest, and we'll get Steve to uh, read it out <laughs> again. Try and pronounce it every week. Um, okay, so uh, mate, what have you got in the uh, blog roundup for for this week? Uh, the blog roundup has all been about Indie Man, and that could have been because I was drinking shit beer since then, and I felt all nostalgic for just over a week ago or so. Um, so what we've got is we've got a few blogs. Um, Mark Johnson did um, a very nice follow up to his pre-Indie Man postings um, with one which compared his experience to the build-up to Glastonbury for him and um, also a lot lot of pictures of people uh, beside the um, Fish Mosaic so if you remember to hashtag Fish Mosaic there's a good chance your picture has turned up in Mark Johnson's post there was also a good one which I really actually enjoyed the way this one was done um, was done it as an awards there was a from Yes Ale did it as the Indie Man Beer Convention Award 16, a silly little post. And I thought it was quite a nice little way of going through it, actually, because it really did extenuate all the positives yeah. about everything by doing it that way. And lastly, um, about on the same subject, uh, James Beeson did, uh, again, a really nice blog about it. Again, all, all about the positives. I mean, this guy really did enjoy his experience. Um, despite the fact that he did leave it quite late to manage to get hold of his tickets, as he pointed out, <laughs> having forgotten that when they went on general release, um, I'm assuming he won't make that mistake again. So, yeah, uh, it was all about the Indie Man blogs for me this this, this week. Yeah, and the, uh, I think you're right, there's been a lot of Indie Man blogs there, just probably uh, a few of the, the, the many that are out there now. Um, but they'll all be linked to, to in, in the show notes if you want to go and have a read of those. Um, so who's won the prize this prize this week it can't be me because I don't think I've actually put a single picture on Instagram for quite a while now no uh, well there's four in the running um, one from uh, south of via northwest where he had a very a rather nice picture of three of the beers he tried from the rainbow beer project uh, we had a very colourful Brixton birthday bottle on the uh, counter at Hopsburn and Black uh, one from Clayton Laird called A World Without Dave, which obviously, as our mascot, is not worth thinking about. Yeah, well, Dave's been quiet. We've not seen any pictures of Dave recently. Well, maybe he's on a post-Indie Man downer as well. <laughs> you can just imagine what that looks like. <laughs> uh, but the winner is uh, from Million Bevs. It is a very nice picture of the Magic Rock Tap Room. I thought I recognised that place. Uh, well, you would. <laughs> I'm surprised you actually got a picture of that you in it, to be honest. Um, but it's basically the Magic Rock Brewery Tap, but it's got no one in it. So it, it's as it's set up, before it opens, no one in it. It looks really nice and just reminds me that I need to go back again soon. And so that's the winner. The big box of nothing will be on its way. Excellent. And if you want um, to have a go at winning the big box of nothing, just make sure you put your picture up on Instagram. Use the hashtag cheers, guys. And if it's the one that catches Martin's eye, that big box of nothing will be heading its way to you. Uh, look out for the opinions polls every week to get involved in our discussions. We'll be talking more opinions soon. But in the meantime, you can find us at The Beer O'Clock Show on Twitter, Instagram and Facebook. You can also find me on Untapped at Beer Show Steve. Martin, where can people find you? Untapped, Instagram. Twitter, beer is the answer, and you'll find my musings about beer and probably a few other things as well now and again. Well, I think you're quite quite humble in saying that you did actually write an Indie Man post as well. Yeah, I um, did, sorry, so yeah. It is, it is worth checking that out because it does tie in nicely to last week's show yeah. as, as well. Um, next week, we are going to be trying something a little bit different. 
so we have got um, there'll be three polls running next week we're going to run a poll on Sunday Monday and Tuesday and they will all tie into a very special show that we'll be recording next week for you um, we're keeping that purposely secret at the moment um, because we don't want anybody's views tainted yeah on, I think on, on I think polls. that's right we, we want some honest opinions without everyone knowing what's going to be following up and I think we'll get some really good feedback off the base of the questions let's, people let's might start to guess yeah but ho- and hopefully we'll we'll be able to bring you a show that will bring all of that together for you next week um, in the meantime, we're pleased to say that Opinions are still able to bring you discounts from Mails by Mail, Beer Merchants, Ebria and Hotburns Black. Check out beeroclockshow.co.uk backslash discounts for more details. So, until next week, uh, cheers folks. Cheers. Life in the Bavarian forest was boring. A big event was me and Ronnie Rabbit watching a leaf fall down. A leaf? I saw a leaf! Hey. Then one day I discovered Hofmeister Lager with a picture of my grandpa on it. It had a cool cut on the back of the throat that was so good I decided to leave the forest. And so I found companionship. Trouble Trenton, bought to finish you to chalk. I found the left hand screw to kiss onto the pink. I found more companionship. But most of all, I found Hofmeister on draft. The moral is, if you want poetry, stand and stare. But if you want great lager, follow the bear. Hey. Hofmeister, a great lager, follow the bear.